Hello, my rebels. Today, I uh, announce a new project. It's a civil liberties project done in concert with the Democracy Fund, so you get a charitable tax receipt for it. We've set up fightvaccinepassports.com. The name speaks for itself, just like we had fightthefines.com, and we helped over 2,000 Canadians fight outrageous lockdown tickets. Well, those were abusive tickets, and some of them were enough to bankrupt a guy, but at the end of the day, it was just money. What I see in Canada now is a concerted campaign to force people to take a medical procedure they do not want to get a rather experimental drug injected in them for reasons that they disagree with. And that is just so contrary to the notions of medical ethics and political ethics and our charter of rights, we have decided to fight back. I'll tell you our three-point plan of what we're going to do, and I sure hope it's as successful as fightthefines.com was. Unfortunately, we don't have 18 months to do it. I think in some ways we have 18 days. So that's the show for today. I hope you, uh, I hope you pay attention to it and I hope if it appeals to you that you support it. Uh, as you know, our shows during the election, the video version of the show is available for free. Normally we charge eight bucks a month for it. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and subscribe for eight bucks a month. But this time, during the election, just enter the coupon code ELECTION and you can get it for free. I hope you do. Why don't you take me up on that? I mean, what's to lose? It's free, right? Go to rebelnewsplus.com, use the coupon code ELECTION, you get free videos, and if you like it, you can stay on for eight bucks a month. Okay, here's today's podcast. Cheers. Tonight, we launch a new civil liberties campaign to fight vaccine passports. It's August 25th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Today I'm announcing a legal defense fund to help Canadian families who are being forced against their will to take the COVID-19 vaccine. And I'm pleased to announce our first case under this program, a young woman who, for medical reasons, can't take the vaccine, but the government says she either has to take it or she will lose many of her civil rights. I'll tell you more about her case in a moment. You can see all the details at our website, Fight vaccinepassports.com. So please go there. There are a few important things to do on that website. First and easiest, you can sign our petition against vaccine passports. That has almost 100,000 signatures on it already. If you sign that petition, we'll also keep you up to date with the latest news on this project. Second, if you yourself are being forced to take a vaccine against your will or being punished if you won't, on that same website, fightvaccinepassports.com, you can fill out a confidential form telling us who you are, who is trying to force you to take a vaccine, and what they're saying to you. The actual wording of their threat is important. Our lawyers will review your information, and if we can help you, we will. I'll tell you how we're gonna choose those cases in a moment. And finally, I need your help to do this right. We need the best lawyers who know the law 
and the Constitution and how to strategically fight this and how to fight it quickly with the best chance of winning and setting a precedent and rolling back these vaccine passports. So we need to hire the pros, not volunteer lawyers who mean well but aren't proven winners. I wanna hire the legal eagles, senior counsel who know what they're doing and I don't want volunteers because I want lawyers who are gonna put everything else aside and make this their central priority for the foreseeable future. As you may know, for the past 18 months, we've done something like this with our Fight the Fines project, where we crowdfund lawyers to help more than 2,000 Canadians fight their lockdown tickets. We really built a kind of national civil rights law firm in a way, and we've had good success. So I want to deploy that team and new lawyers to fight these vaccine passports and vaccine mandates. The difference here is that we can't take 2,000 cases. It's not as easy to launch an urgent constitutional lawsuit as it is to defend a ticket. Each case here is gonna be way more expensive, but we also don't have to take every case because if we challenge a vaccine mandate for one person and if we get it struck down, that would obviously benefit everyone else who was at the same university or office too. So for example, we only need one student plaintiff at any given university, not every single student there, right? So if we choose our cases strategically, a win for one case could actually be a win for thousands or even millions of Canadians. Like BC's outrageous and clearly unconstitutional vaccine passport that violates the rights of 5 million British Columbians. But we only need one case to challenge it. And by the way, I think we found her already. That's the lady I mentioned earlier. So I need your help to crowdfund these 20 precedent-setting cases. And we've already chosen one. I'll be candid, normally such a case, especially if it involves a constitutional challenge, would cost for sure $100,000 or more, maybe double that. But if our lawyers share their legal research with each other and share the actual legal documents they prepare, the pleadings, we won't have to pay them each to reinvent the wheel. So I think we can be smart about it, but there's no way this is gonna cost us less than a million dollars, about 50 grand a case. But we can do it. I mean, we have to do it, right? Because no regular family could afford to do this on their own. If you can help even by chipping in $20, or if you can, $100 or even more, please go to fightvaccinepassports.com and you'll get a charitable tax receipt for it from the CRA charity, The Democracy Fund. So a $100 donation would only cost you about $80. None of the money goes to Rebel News, by the way. It all goes through The Democracy Fund and they pay the lawyers directly. Okay, let's do it. Let's crowdfund $1 million to fight the vaccine passports with a team of smart lawyers from coast to coast. Let's find the 20 best cases. And by that, I mean the most sympathetic plaintiffs and the most outrageous institutions imposing the most abusive rules. I mentioned we have our first case already, a woman who for medical reasons cannot take the vaccine injection. Her doctor says it could be deadly to her, and yet the province of British Columbia refuses to give an exemption for that. So she's banned from living her life. I was also asking about, uh, I'm just curious about exemptions. I haven't had a whole chance to look at all the details here, but if someone cannot be immunized, is there an exemption? If someone uh, does not want to use the vaccine due to religious reasons, is there an exemption? 
And will there be exemptions for people traveling from outside of the province uh, into British Columbia, or do they have to? How do they follow the same guidelines as British Columbians? Yeah. So the short answer is no. Um, this is a temporary measure that's getting us through a risky period, where we know that people who are unvaccinated are at greater risk of both contracting and spreading this virus. So if there are um, those rare people who have a medical reason why they can't be immunized. They, these are discretionary events that we're talking about. So they will not be able to attend those events through this period of time of high risk. Well, let me tell you about Sarah Webb. She had her first dose of the Moderna vaccine. And she had to be rushed to the emergency room two nights in a row after that. And a doctor said the risk of her taking the second shot was too great. The doctor said she's medically exempt from it. Except that BC's vaccine mandate does not allow any medical exemptions. So now Sarah, who's quite a healthy person and values exercise and wellness, and actually has one dose of Moderna, she's banned from so much of life. Restaurants, even outdoor patios movie theaters, sports events, coffee shops, gyms, weddings, conferences. Can you believe that? Banned by law from going to any wedding. So that's what I mean by a strategic case, a sympathetic person, an atrocious vaccine mandate by a government that's abusive to people with legitimate exemptions. That's a strategic case. We'll introduce you more properly to Sarah later and to her lawyers. She's agreed to be our first case and we expect to fire off a demand letter to the B.C. government before the week is out. We plan to file a lawsuit against the government as soon as next week. And that will all be posted to fightvaccinepassports.com in due course. Don't you think that's a great first case? A woman who really needs our help, but just as importantly, a woman whose case could set a precedent to free so many other people from this. That's what I mean by a strategic case. Let's find 20 of them. And if you're one of them, let us know by filling out the form at fightvaccinepassports.com. If you yourself don't need help, well, we need your help. Please help us crowdfund this campaign. We need to hire excellent lawyers ready to fight. You'll get a charitable tax receipt for it. Now is the time we don't have a day to waste. Justin Trudeau has said that there will be consequences for Canadians who don't have the vaccine. He's threatening people saying you won't be able to live your life anymore. You deserve better. You deserve a government that's going to continue to say, get vaccinated. And you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. I'm sorry, that's just not the Canadian way. We respect individual choice. We don't force people to take medical procedures and we respect people who have reasons that they can't or won't take the jab. Even if those people are a small minority, especially if they're a small minority, we protect their rights too. So please go to fightvaccinepassports.com to do three things. Number one, sign our petition against forced vaccines. Number two, if you're being forced to take a vaccine, fill out our form on that page. Our lawyers will review your case. We plan to take 20 cases to start, we already have our first case, Sarah Webb, who can't take the vaccine for medical reasons. And three, if you can please help crowdfund our lawyers, we need the help. I think we need to raise $1 million to do this right. 
That's a lot of money, but I think our freedoms are worth it. You'll get a charitable tax receipt from the Democracy Fund. And I promise that we'll give you updates every week on the cases and how they're going. Please visit fightvaccinepassports.com. I, look, I wish that other people were doing this. I wish, I wish opposition political parties were fighting this, and I wish the mainstream media were fighting this. I wish the traditional civil liberties groups were fighting this. I wish even doctors groups were fighting this. Forced medical procedures, where are the doctors? But they're all cheerleading for this, at least all the official people are. There's a viciousness to it too. It's a mob mentality. If someone voluntarily chooses to be vaccinated, that's great. It's your body, your choice, have at it. But the rage and punishment being targeted at people like Sarah Webb, individuals who have reasons for not wanting to be vaccinated, that's just too much. That's not Canadian. We have to stop that. I just think we have to do this please go to fightvaccinepassports.com to help us fight back. Thanks. I want to take this opportunity to speak to our brothers, the Taliban. We call on you to ensure the safe and secure passage of any individual in Afghanistan out of the country. Our brothers, the Taliban? That's Maryam Monsef, a cabinet minister in Justin Trudeau's government. She was reading from a prepared script. That wasn't something she said by accident. That was prepared by staff. Many eyes would have seen that. In fact, I see a report in the National Post that Monsef used that exact same language, our Taliban brothers, at a press conference just a few days ago. Mariam Monsef, on behalf of the government of Canada, is calling the Taliban our brothers. But the Taliban is actually right now on Public Safety Canada's list of official terrorist groups right there with Al-Qaeda and the rest of them. What on earth is going on? Joining us now via Skype is our friend Spencer Fernando from spencerfernando.com. Great to see you again. What do you make of this? Am I making much ado about nothing? Or is this a rather creepy way to talk about terrorists? Yeah, it's quite disturbing. And it's obviously not the first time the Liberal government has uh, been a little too friendly with people who totally oppose Canadian values, people who really are uh, an enemy of Canada. And unfortunately, it's not a big surprise, but it is quite disturbing. And um, you know, it's not the first time we've seen this. It's it's apparently not going to be the last time we see it from the Liberals as well. And uh, you know, it, it's more than just disturbing. Though. It's also quite insulting. Like if you're if you're a Canadian soldier who was injured in Afghanistan or you know, lost a friend in Afghanistan or family who lost someone in Afghanistan, and then you hear a Canadian minister calling the people who killed your family member uh, our brothers, uh, that's got to make you pretty disturbed and pretty disgusted uh, to see that. Yeah. You know, there's an extra layer to this. Um, Maryam Monsef herself is a refugee from there. Now, she lied, as you know. She lied in her application, claimed she was from Afghanistan. Actually, she's from Iran, but her family knew saying she was from Afghanistan would have made it easier for her to immigrate. I just want to play a quick clip of her being called out on that by uh, Bob Fife, who was just take a quick look at this. So you were born in Afghanistan, correct? I believe I was. So she's from that region. She fled to Canada as a refugee because it is such a dangerous region because of the Taliban and other terrorists. And her title, Spencer, is Women's and, Equ and Gender Equality Minister. 
So she's from that part of the world, knows how dangerous you are. She fled here claiming her life was in danger over there. Her title is women's minister in gender equality. And I don't think there's any force in the world that's more misogynist than the Taliban. And she's the one calling them brothers. Like how many layers of self-denial or like of all the people in the world to call them brothers, she would be the one who, God forbid, would be raped by the Taliban. May it never happen. Yeah. And you know, what's so concerning about this is it's a pattern, not just from her, but from the liberals is look at how they speak about people who are, you know, the enemies of Canada or who are very ideologically opposed to Canadian values, right? Whether it's China, Cuba, you know, we saw what Trudeau said about Fidel Castro. Now with Maryam Monsef, of course. And, um, you know, then look at how they treat Canadians who happen to disagree with them politically, right? Look at look at the anger you'll see on Trudeau's face when he talks about Canadians, for example, who aren't being vaccinated. Yeah. Or Canadians yeah. who are conservative or Canadians, you know, in rural areas or, you know, more socially conservative people. It's just it's like they, he has total anger and disdain and hatred for, for Canadians who disagree with him. Yeah, when he talks about people who are actually enemies of Canada, people who are doing terrible things. In the case of the Taliban, people who actually killed Canadian soldiers, it's, oh, they're our brothers, or it's just a bunch of nice appeals to them. And I think people, Canadians really need to consider, how can we have a government that is more aggressive and more angry towards our own citizens than towards enemies of our country? And that should be concerning to everybody. Yeah, you're so right. I've never heard Trudeau or a Trudeau cabinet minister talk to the premier of Saskatchewan or the premier of Alberta as, listen, my brother, we're all in this Canadian family together. Let's reason this out. Like that, the word brother is such an affectionate word. And mm-hmm. it's a reminder that, hey, we're bonded together in ways more important than policy differences. We never hear that. You, you're so right to point out Trudeau's raging rant, saying there will be consequences to people who, for whatever reason, don't take the vaccine. And, and, and never forget Omar Khadr. Trudeau gave him a personal apology, took him off the no-fly list, gave him ten and a half million dollars. If only he treated Canadians that he disagreed with so well. It, it's such a such a clarifying moment. I want to show you. Trudeau was asked about it, and he sort of laughed the whole thing off. Here's a here's a clip of that later in the day today. Will you ask her to withdraw those comments? The minister uh, addressed her comment. The minister explained her comments, and I have nothing further to add. We will continue to be very firm on the Taliban as being a terrorist organization and continue to pressure them to let people out of Afghanistan. In English, on the minister, please. Okay. Uh, the minister has uh, expressed her, uh, her her views and explained herself. Um, we will continue to uh, recognize that the Taliban represent a terrorist organization uh, and continue to push on them so people can get out to safety. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's smart. I mean, there are over a million Canadians from Muslim backgrounds. Uh, many of them are citizens and can vote. Um, maybe he's just done the math and thought, I'm absolutely going to lock in more votes than I'm going to alienate. I don't know. Maybe this is all very planned because it was written out in advance and it's the second time she said it. Maybe, although, you know, I suspect, you know, most Muslims in Canada are not really big fans of the Taliban and, in fact, mostly came here to escape that kind of, uh, you know, 
super aggressive, you know, Sharia governments, right? So I think it'll it would backfire in that way. I'm already seeing people on Twitter, you know, they're saying like, well, actually, you know, we don't we don't call our enemies brothers, you know, people Farsi speakers uh, saying that's not the term we use at all. We don't refer to people who have you know harmed us or hurt us as our brothers. So I think you know the the efforts some people are making to claim this is some sort of you know cultural thing. It's just I don't think that's really going to fly with most people. And it's interesting, you know, there was a poll that came out today and it showed about I think, 70, 75 percent of Canadians say we should do everything we can to help uh, the Afghans who helped Canadians in that country. And then you see polls on how Canadians view, you know, China, you know, very negative view. They want us to, you know, decouple from China and distance ourselves. So there's a really big gap between the actual values of Canadians on these issues and what the liberals are doing. And I think the conservatives really should do everything they can in the campaign to keep exploiting that gap because it's 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 noticeable and it, it's one way in which the liberals are very out of step with public opinion. You know, you're right, and I accept your point that most Canadian Muslims would not say the Taliban are my brother. They're they're here because they don't want to live like that. And I just wish that Maryam Monsef would have the same kind of generosity of spirit towards, you know, people in Afghanistan who are literally going to be killed if they're left behind because they helped Canada along the way. Like, I think we have to vet those interpreters and others because, you know, just because they took a job helping Canadians or other NATO allies in Afghanistan doesn't mean they're necessarily good eggs. But I, I think that uh, the presumption should be if someone helped Canadians for 10 or 20 years and are going to be killed by the Taliban, the presumption is we should probably help them. I'm not saying bring him in unvetted, but we, ha- but we haven't seen the same love, affection or friendly words towards the interpreters who help Canadian soldiers. They haven't been called brothers. Only the Taliban has. I find that very dispiriting. Um, let me ask you, how's the campaign going? I guess we're, we're just over a week now. I think we're on day nine. Um, it's not going as well for the liberals as I thought it would be. And the media are a little bit more prickly to the liberals than they have been before. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, no one knows, of course, how it's going to end. But if you look, it's actually funny how um, you know Justin Trudeau was campaigning somewhat similar to how Stephen Harper campaigned when Harper was losing, right? Not the same issues, but the same kind of like, I'm going to make it all about my opponent and scare everybody, right? That's generally what campaigns do when they feel like things aren't going well for them. And you know, I think Aaron Latoul is exceeding expectations that were quite low for him. He's someone exceeding that. You know, he comes across as reasonable on TV. He doesn't scare people. You know, of course, I'm not his biggest fan, but you know what I think is starting to happen is people are saying, look, you know, I may not be a big fan of uh, Tool may not be a big fan of Jagmeet Singh, but there's just something so, I guess, disturbing or kind of creepy about Justin Trudeau lately. The fact that the liberals have become a personality cult, that even if the other options aren't great, the most important thing in this election is just to get Trudeau out of office and then, and then we can deal with other problems in the country after that. But I think job number one has to be defeating Trudeau, and hopefully that's the way you know the election is starting to uh, you know, shape up in people's minds, and it's really an anti Trudeau election. I'm going to throw one more thing at you. I saw this poll by Main Street uh, that was sponsored by iPolitics. So, I mean, you can take it with a grain of salt if you like, and it could be the, you know, proverbial rogue poll. I don't think the sample size was huge, but this poll suggests that Maxine Bernier's PPC, the People's Party, is in double digits in Alberta. And if you look at it, technically, even though it's within the margin of error, it's just ahead of even the liberals. So according to this poll, and again, 
Uh, I'm not saying that this is spot on, but you, you can't just throw it out. This poll shows that the Conservatives are at 44.5% in Alberta, which, by the way, I don't remember them being that low before. The People's Party at 16.1%, just ahead of the Liberals at 16, NDP 14.5%, and then uh, the Greens are down there, and I presume the Maverick Party's down there. So I don't know. I, that's Coming in second doesn't help you in our first past the post system. But my theory is... Maybe those are people frustrated with the lockdowns and the vaccine forced vaccine mandates. Maybe they're just saying we like a guy who's talking about freedom and Maxime Bernier is the only one. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I wrote about that in a recent column where I'm talking about how it was I think, you know, very harmful to the democracy of the country that he was excluded from the upcoming debates. You know, he's, you know, millions of Canadians, even if you assume the polls that say that, you know, 70 percent of Canadians want vaccine mandates, even if you assume that's correct. That leaves, what, 30, you know, 30, whatever, 20, whatever percent people say they oppose that. That's millions of people, right? And so you think they should have political representation. And uh, Maxine Green is really the only one who does that. So his perspective is important. And yeah. people deserve to be represented for those views. And, you know, I think the numbers in Alberta are interesting. Of course, it's a, it's a conservative province. But also it's a place where, look, if you're in an area where you know the CBC is probably going to win, well, then you're not risking a liberal win by voting for them. Right? So there's also a lot more leeway for people to vote really for what they want as opposed to vote for defeating something right, specifically. So those numbers are interesting. I think we should keep an eye on it because if, you know, if they finish with six or 7% nationwide, you're talking about possibly doing better than the Green Party, possibly doing better than the Bloc. And, you know, really it's that's something to consider going forward. And they're obviously not going away and it's, it's something a lot of Canadians support. Yeah, very interesting. Well, great to catch up with you, Spencer. Thanks very much for joining us as you do from time to time. Great to see you. Good talking to you. All right, there you have it. SpencerFernando.com is the website. Stay with us. More ahead. What a country we live in, eh? If you're the Taliban, you're Justin Trudeau's brother. But if you have a reason that you don't want the vaccine, if you're young and healthy, if there's a medical reason you can't take it, if you have a religious or conscientious objection, you're an enemy who has to face consequences. Isn't that crazy? I wish he would treat Canadians who have legitimate reasons not to be jabbed. I wish he would treat Canadians as nicely as he's treating his new brothers in the terrorist Taliban. What a world we're in. You know, I remember it was about a year and a half ago when we launched the Fight the Fines campaign. And we just started it with one guy, Arthur Pavlovsky, our very first client. And since then, we've helped more than 2,000 other people. So many of the tickets have been thrown out. The government has delayed, avoided trial. I think we're going to win the vast majority of them. I want to replicate the success of Fight the Fines. I want to do it for something that's a lot more dangerous. I mean, look, a fine, $1,000, $5,000, that's terrible. And that could really damage a household that's, especially one that's economically precarious. But at the end of the day, I suppose that's just money. Imagine being compelled to get an injection against your will. And I'm sorry, telling someone you've got free will, it's just that you'll be fired if you don't do that. Telling a student you have free will, it's just that you won't be allowed to finish your university degree if you don't do that. I'm sorry, that is, that's called doing it under duress. That's metaphorically like having a gun next to your head. I mean, yeah, I suppose you're saying the words, I choose, but you're not making a free and unfettered choice. I think that this is terrible. 
This is contrary to our notions of minority rights and to the very ideas of medicine where you do no harm and you don't subject people to unnecessary medical procedures and certainly not against their will. I say again, if you want to get the jab, help yourself. Here at Rebel News, some people have taken the vaccine, some people haven't. I don't care, frankly, it's up to every individual making their own choice, balancing things. Uh, you might recall our friend Janine Yunus, who's fighting against vaccine mandates in the US. She tweeted the other day that she made the personal choice to take the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, not because she thought she needed it for health reasons, but just that it was so horrific living with vaccine mandates everywhere. And that was her choice. And it was sort of sad to read that because again, she didn't really believe she was doing it for health reasons. She just wanted to stop being swarmed by government bees. You know, everyone has their own reasons, but I don't like the pressure Janine was under to do that. And that pressure to live a healthy social life is nothing compared to the pressure. I mean, imagine a boss saying, take this jab by the end of the week or you will be fired. That's terrifying. That's wrong. That is un-Canadian. If you want to help us fight back, this is a democracy fund project, so you'll get a charitable tax receipt. Go to fightvaccinepassports.com. I think it's a big one. I think it's a big one. All right, that's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here, and you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.